0: a weekly podcast about music, film, politics, and society from all around the peninsula. I'm Andre Goulet. On this episode, Michael Breen's been covering North and South Korea for more than 30 years for The Guardian, The Korea Times, and more. He's also the author of The Koreans, Who They Are, What They Want, and Where Their Future Lies, and the CEO of Insight Communications Consultants. This is the first of two episodes discussing the origins of the Korean War, dictatorship and democracy in the ROK,
1: and the future unification of the Koreas.
0: So, when did you start the
1: consulting business? Uh, This in 2004, or legally in 2005. when the actual company was, was, you know, registered and everything in
0: 2005. Okay. You were a
1: journalist beginning in the 80s. Yeah. Um, So, how did the transition happen to doing this kind of work? Um, I – it was sort of a phase thing. I mean, I I, – 12 years of journalism or 11 years of journalism um, a friend of mine had a PR company and wanted to expand into consulting and part of that he wanted to consult with companies on North Korea and for a few years I'd been on my journalism i have been focusing on North Korea so he asked me if I wanted to join to do that so I started there but I kept up the journalism freelance um, and then uh, broke off with somebody else and made my own company doing North Korea consulting Mm. didn't work out very well then um, that guy hired me back on the PR side as the vice president of the uh, company here PR company and then four years after that I broke off and formed my own company so it was kind of a you know it, it wasn't a the sort of rapid switch into from journalism into PR. I sort of did consulting. I did journalism on North Korea and then consulting on North Korea, which wasn't that different from journalism. Um, in what, between. What were the similarities? Well, you basically um, well we one, the main thing we did was we produced a monthly publication, which we sold uh, on subscription to companies about North Korea. That was the journalism bit, and the business bit, which was more, which was newer to me, was um, companies were looking for advice on on their entry strategies because mm-hmm. there was an assumption then that North Korea was going to go like the other communist countries went, right? You know. So that was the, uh, and basically the thing is that you find with consulting to companies or doing PR or something is you're often dealing in the same area as you were as a journalist but from another side I mean, there's more than one fence it's not just the media and then what's happening there's but you you see from this company side of things what's happening is it can be a lot more interesting because you, you then realize how much the media gets shut out you know
0: in say communications consultants uh is something different now it's not really focused yeah. No,
1: no, really? that, that, the, the North Korea. So this this is a pure PR company, right? it's kind of corporate. Yeah. yeah, 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 right, yeah. Well, the North, the North Korea. Um, is the website still up? I yeah. thought it was. Um, <laughs> uh, we, we, we we've been doing a new one for about a year. So um, the North Korea consulting I gave up um, in 1999, and then went into sort of PR proper
0: dealing with clients
1: like um was it coca-cola disney mm. uh, funny enough coca-cola was my main uh, north korea client okay but, um, yeah uh pr, Did we do PR for we don't know. but disney yeah foreign companies and a few korean companies mostly foreign okay and the intent is
0: to have a better understanding of how to properly tap the market here in south korea yeah okay. so going back to before that uh, what was the first outfit you were here with for
1: no, well, first I was a freelancer, and I was with a—I used to be in the uh, Unification Church, and which owned the Washington Times. Um, and the Washington Times, unfortunately, unfortunately because I, I was actually I was British. I went over to America when the Washington Times was founded. But uh, unfortunately for me, but fortunately for the paper the professionals on the paper didn't want moonies in the paper. Uh-huh. And just so to remember, the Unification
0: Church is the uh, Re- reverend moon.
1: Uh, Sun Mount Moon, yeah. Right, and this was...
0: Uh, it yeah. kinda has a culty reputation.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, well, all religions begin as cults. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, <laughs> if you want to be polite, it's a new religion, mm-hmm. or, or it's still a cult. You know. Okay. Um, and... So the nice. times brought you over here. Well, no. I I went to America, the Times, but then the Times said, uh, we want to choose our own people, professionals. Mm. Um, We don't want uh, church people. Mm. And so I uh, was... So I went to the... The church had a paper in New York as well called New York City Tribune, Mm. which was a minor paper, except the mayor wrote a column in it. Uh, 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 Mayor Mayor Koch, Ed Koch. I came out here freelance status, but wrote for that paper okay. initially. And then I got the Washington Times, and then the following year got the Guardian, and I did others like Australian, South China Morning Post, but mainly Washington Times and Guardian for thereafter. Okay.
0: Uh, so the connection was, your, your Korea connection was your relationship with the Unification Church. That's what brought you to Korea specifically.
1: <laughs> yeah. You,
0: so you've been living in Korea for 33 years yeah <laughs> it's, it's incredible oh, i know. It that's how of, i love the language it, yeah. ma- it makes you kind of an authority on mm. a lot of things korean and you've been kind of a pundit an op-ed writer for the english language press mm. and now a consultant oh, I read your book the koreans mm. excellent book Thank so you. i want to begin by talking about um uh, i'm reading this book right now koreans futures by uh, roy richard Grinker. Oh, yeah. Have you heard of it
1: no I've seen it no I need to um, actually I need to get that. do you recommend it?
0: I wish I could say it's good it's incredibly dense and opaque and uh, it's a real slog <laughs> which is a shame because his ideas are really interesting um, it speaks to unification and yeah. the unfinished country right? Um, so it's fascinating and one thing I wanted to talk about was five uh, academic mm, source uh, ideas of how the war began I just wanted to ask oh the beginning of the war what yeah. do you think? So number one, Orthodox International states that it was a Stalinist uh, scheme mm. to uh, start the war. Okay? Yeah. Liberal International, it blames the US and the USSR. This was a, uh, the war was a product of the Cold War. Critical Domestic uh, says that there's the US, the USSR and the complicity of Korean elites at the time in that vacuum. South Korea. South Korea yeah. and North Korea, I guess. Um, in that vacuum after Japanese occupation, Fourth critical interactive uh, is Bruce Cummings' uh, favorite one, and he, I think, is the real mind behind this one, which says it was a civil war, and uh, it was a direct legacy of Japanese rule, and the complexity of society at the time led to, uh, inevitably, um, this this war. Mm -hmm. And finally, Heterodox International says that the United States is responsible, uh, Korea is dependent romantic notion of the north and south struggling to overcome divisions uh, imposed on them from outside <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's a, sort of like the student's right yeah what do, you, what do you think when you think about the roots of this complicated broken country what would you say it lies
1: well i think in, in a way those that those five aren't all sort of mutually exclusive and in in, in many ways when when you said i think it was number two i thought that was the cummings one but uh I mean, I, d- I definitely think it was, it was a civil war. Um, however, the, the American response at the time, the US, and ha- had the US not responded, then Korea would have become, you know, North Korea would have, Kim Il-sung would have taken over the whole country. So um, the US response uh, was based on sort of the domino theory or the, the idea that, that the commies were behind it. And if we don't sort of stand up to them here, then the next thing is they're going to go for Japan, or you know the dominoes will start falling. And in in a way, historically the the dominoes never did fall like that. But the people believed at the time that that's what would happen, and they they thought that Stalin was behind it. Um, In fact, Stalin wasn't the prime mover. Kim Il Sung was the prime mover. But Stalin approved it, and Kim Il Sung didn't go without Stalin's approval until Stalin approved. Um, so there's again the truth is not quite as it was seen in its day, um, and the Japanese. I mean, I don't think the Japanese are directly to blame, but but the the Korean, the, the weak sense of state and the Korean identity, and the fact the fact that um, when the Allies were deciding how to during mm-hmm. World War II, how to sort of... The arbitrary the, Yeah, the, the arbitrary line. The Koreans had no voice. Right. Uh, and what see uh, and what they forget is that from the point of view of the Allies fighting a world war, um, they weren't very important. In fact, they were less important because mm-hmm. they were part of Japan. Mm-hmm. They were Japanese. That's right. So the part so
0: of Korea just didn't
1: matter. It, it didn't really matter. And, and in a way... As, as sad as that is for Koreans, they kind of, they, they had no voice. Um, like, had there been a very significant Korean presence in the Allied war effort, they might have well mm-hmm. had a voice. People would have said, "Excuse me, we're different from the Japanese," you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but but they West didn't they were actually fighting with Japan. Well, they were fighting they were with ja- they, yeah, they were fighting with Japan, or they were fighting amongst themselves, you know, arguing, or they were in China, kind of, and, and they didn't really come to the attention of the allies, mm-hmm. although, ironically, the, the rightists did later, mm-hmm. you know, and work with, with Chiang Kai-shek and so on. So it was a very complex sort of picture, and I think um, the, the specific conflict that started it, there's, there's some, there's, how can I say, I mean, I put the blame at Kim Il-sung's feet, uh, but even I think he was misguided, He he was misled into thinking that, be welcomed down here, mm-hmm. and it was a he wasn't. Mm-hmm. And even if they had taken it over, the pacification would have been horrible. Now, it's a way that is
0: fe- I mean,
1: but sorry, let me let me finish. Okay. Uh, but the at that again, okay, there's two ways of looking at this there's one from the behind the hindsight, you know, in the view of history, and then it's easy to sort of um, that there's a kind of a liberal tendency to blame everybody except the perpetrator, mm. you know, it's, this, oh, it's our fault, mm. because we're impure, you know, or oh, it's the Americans, mm. or oh, it's the Japanese. Well, you know, and then um, the other way is looking at it um, at the actual time. There's there's a series, you know, the intelligence isn't perfect. The intelligence isn't, isn't clear until it's all over, usually. Um, so the, the North Koreans also were concerned that the South Koreans were thinking the same way they were that Kim Sung uh, Man was going on all the time about in fact the president Easton yeah. Man
0: Se-min-ri, right? Hmm. Um, he was a real and uh, I've read a lot of stuff that suggests that he was ready to go in there as well and attack the North so I, I, think, it, I think it is incredibly complex and I think there probably is no one school of thought um, but
1: the the history I think yeah, that's true I think that's the case and, and Cummings uh, bends over backwards to sort of I think, I think he goes a little bit too far, but he basically even questions whether the, the 25th of June rea- the North Korean invasion really he, he, he says it's possible that there was a little skirmish going on in, on the southwest coast that the North Koreans reacted to that. Mm-hmm and then found themselves in Seoul three days later. You know? Why, have,
0: you yeah. met, have you met him? No. Why do you think he approaches uh, his work the way he does? Because he does have a completely iconoclastic perspective, much different than anyone else I've read. He, uh... I
1: think he is... Um, I mean... Uh... I think that I, I fault him with two things. I mean, I think first of all, first of all, I must say, I think there's a lot of truth to what he says. And I think his research is phenomenal. I mean, the um, the, the origins of the Korean War is an in- incredible work of research. And, and just I, to say,
0: um, Korea's place in the sun is really pop history in a way that it's really accessible. Yeah, um, that was the first big book that I read, and I really appreciated mm-hmm. uh, how easy he made it to understand. Yeah.
1: Um, but I have two problems with um, his approach one um, is that it's it 's kind of u s centric you know there's there's a there's a lot of the, there 's a lot of people think that everything that happens in the world is because the u s did or didn 't do something um, and frankly uh, while the u s most definitely was a player here um, to lay it all at the feet is, uh, I think, a little bit, um, it's kind of ignoring uh, what was going on with the Koreans themselves. Mm. Um, Secondly, he is incredibly biased against the right. Now, that may sound an odd thing to to say because... The Korean right. The Korean right, yeah. That may sound an odd thing to say because um, I think modern liberal society instinctively is biased. You know, it does sort of think, well, are you saying Mm. that I should be Thinking the Nazis weren't such bad chaps, you know, um, but I don't mean by that. What I mean is that, is that he he will criticise uh, the right all the time okay. and leave the left alone, as if they have some kind of moral higher ground or legitimacy. Um, okay. And there was a bit, for example, funny enough, I was we talking about this because I was reading his Korean War book over the weekend. Yeah, that. and one bit that I found myself extremely mm-hmm. annoyed by. Was um, he was saying that the book by David Halberstam, which I haven't read, you know, um, that he said you know he was a great journalist and that, but his Korean War book wasn't that good. What's the title? Um, the coldest. The coldest war, war was it? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and actually, Andy Sam, if you know Andy Salmon. He's a Korean War book wor- historian. He's written a couple of books. He, he he also thinks this book's not that good, but. Cummings is I, I, the example he gives or the criticism he gives is that Hal only mentioned two South Koreans in the whole book. one was Singman Ri, and one was Beck Sun Yo. now um, and then Cummings explains that Beck is, speaks English and he always gets wheeled out for anybody who wants to do research on the Korean War, and he had a, a past as a He was in the military under the Japanese, and he had some dubious rightist friends, and so he's implying that this guy is a bit of a tainted fascist or something. What he doesn't say is that this guy was the chief of staff during the Korean War. He was the liberator of Pyongyang. He was the most senior South Korean military officer in the war, and he's still alive. Mm. So he's no wonder people go. Do you see what I mean? There's a kind of he's, he's painting this guy as some kind of fascist. He's not painting Kim Il Sung as some kind of brutish commie bastard mm-hmm. he, he's somehow the the, the left seem to be right but at the same time the reason i find it a bit uh the reason i criticize it is that cummings is not a communist he's not a marxist he doesn't,
0: doesn't seem like an ideologue no
1: really. i think you know what i think he's a friend of mine here an american friend who said uh, um he'd read he's a lawyer and he's not a historian, but he'd read Cummings' books, and he said, he reminded me of when I was at school, and when you're about sort of 15 or 16, you become kind of aware, socially and politically aware, and at that age, we're all basically leftists, you know, or we're all, and we talk about them, you know, society, then we kind of simplify what's wrong with the world, and he said, he gets the feeling that Cummings has just never grown up, um, now, I don't know if that's a bit unfair, but there's, there's a kind of annoying poking away at the U.S. and South Korea all the time. And I feel like, sort of, as I'm reading it, I feel like saying, Bruce, um, I, I know you might not like this, but South Korea has actually at it. That's
0: The Korea file for this week. Special thanks to Michael Green. Tune in next week for part two of this interview. You can find us on iTunes, Facebook, or at Spreaker.com. And if you like this show, recommend it. Konsagi Village on Jeju Island, I'm Andre Gulli.